Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome. Happy New Year. I'm Pastor Chris. It's great to have you with us today. Uh, today is the, uh, the first service of 2020, the new year, new decade. Uh, this year is going to be the 30th anniversary of our church. Lots of exciting things happening in 2020. I'm so glad that you joined us to be a part of this. Uh, we're beginning a, a brand new series today, appropriately entitled The New you. Now, let me sh share with you a little scenario, and I want to know how many of you can relate uh, to the following experience. Uh, let's pretend that it's not cold for us here in Charleston, and you're at the beach. You go to the beach with your friends or your family, and uh, you go and you, you set up all of your stuff. Okay, and that stuff might include things like, you know, a blanket and some chairs and, and uh, maybe a cooler. And, and if you're really cool, you know, you got an umbrella. You get everything set up, kids, family, friends. And then you walk out to the ocean and uh, out in the waves. And you're there for a while just having a blast, having fun. Uh, just imagine that if you can right now just for a moment. Okay, and uh, after a few minutes of, of hanging out in the water and playing in the waves, you look up to find your stuff. And you think, oh, I'm just going to turn around and look and find my stuff. And what, where? It's gone, right? It's nowhere to be seen. And you're wondering, what in the world happened to my stuff? You are now like 40, 50 yards down the shore, and your stuff is nowhere to be found. Unaware of its pull, you know, the undertow, the current has swept you down the shore without even noticing it. You've drifted. You've drifted so far down the shore, you now can't see your stuff you, you, from where you originally began. Because there was this almost imperceptible current that pulled you in a direction that you weren't planning on going. Now, raise your hand if you've ever experienced that, right? If you're from Charleston, you've been to the beach, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Pretty common experience. But here's what I've discovered. That is also a pretty common experience in everyday life where these almost unnoticeable currents in our everyday lives, they, you know, again, at first you don't realize it, but it's as though a, a current, an undertow kind of gets a hold of you and you've just begun to drift. Now, the pull is so subtle at first that, you know, weeks go by. Months go by, maybe even years go by before you notice. But then one day, something catches your attention. And you look up, and you're aware that you've drifted. And maybe for you that means that, I don't know, your blood pressure is high. And you're like 20, 40 pounds overweight. Maybe you're, you're overwhelmed with stress. And the job that you once loved and you once you know, just had to have, you now hate. Your bank account is empty. And your debt is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Your spiritual life that was once on fire and vibrant has now become stagnant and dry. Or maybe... You once married the person to whom you considered your very best friend. And now you find yourselves to be strangers. But whatever it is, 
At some point, you look up and you think to yourself, where am I? I mean, how did we get here? How did this happen? Maybe that's you today. Maybe as we begin this new year, you know, 2020, all of a sudden you realize, if the truth be known, you've drifted. You know, maybe this last year or the last few years could have been better. Maybe you know that you could have been better. Well, here's what I want you to know today. Listen to me. Your life can be better. Because with God, with God's help and God's power, every day, every day is an opportunity. Every day is an opportunity for a new start, a fresh start, a new beginning. 2 Corinthians 5.17 is kind of our key verse for this entire New You series. Here's what it says. This means that anyone, did you hear that? Anyone, no matter who you are, what you've done, where you're from, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a, a what? What does it say? A, say it out loud. What does it say? A new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. A new life, a new you. You see, when you give your life to Jesus, the old life, the old you, it is gone. And a new life has started. You've become a new you with unlimited potential. Now, the reality is, unfortunately, many of us don't live our lives that way. Instead, we're frustrated, we're short on time, low on energy, always stressed about work, family, and not experiencing fulfillment in our everyday lives. We aren't where we want to be in life. So I want you to understand that that's what this series is all about kind of getting back on track with the life that God intended for you and I to live. In fact, that's our definition of the new you. Write this down if you're taking notes. Uh, if you're watching online, the outline is provided for you as well on the top of the page. It says this, the new you is the you that God intended. It's the you God intended. Now, look, maybe right now the story that your life is telling um, isn't the story that you want it to tell. You know, you're not where you expected to be in life. You know, and you're feeling discouraged. Listen, today, first of all, I want you to know that's okay because you're not alone. Okay, you're not. But the good news is this. Listen, with God, it is never too late. It is never too late for a new beginning, a fresh start to get back on track. So, over the next five weeks, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a look at how to become the new you that God intended in, in several different areas of our lives. We're going to explore what the Bible has to say about getting back on track in five of probably the most important areas of your life, your spiritual life, your physical life, emotionally, financially, relationally. Now, you'll notice that those are the areas that we are most often dissatisfied in our own lives, that we wish were different. So here's the truth. If we don't begin to figure out these areas, though, your future is not going to be any better than your past. But here's what I promise. I promise that if you'll hang with us during this series, we're going to dig into some biblical principles that will help you turn this thing around 
and become the new you that God intended. Now to start with today, to kick off this series, I want us to begin with what is the most foundational area of your life. And this is the one that, that really holds all the others to get, together. And I want us to begin with your spiritual health. Because until we get spiritually healthy, until you make that decision, you're not going to experience God's best in the other areas of your life. Okay? So, how do you do that? How do you experience the new you spiritually? Well, we're going to look at five important steps that we all need to take. If you're taking notes, step number one. I must take responsibility for my own spiritual health. I must take responsibility for my own spiritual health. Listen, God, our God, our great heavenly Father, the created, let me tell you something, he is all in on your spiritual health. He is fully invested. Now, how invested is God? Think about it. He is so invested that he sent his one and only son Jesus to exchange his life for yours on the cross so that you and I could know him, so that we could have a relationship with him, so that we could have a truly spiritual life. Now, that's how invested God is. So, the question is, how invested are you? How invested are you? In your own spiritual health right now, how invested are you? Because it's important that we understand that our spiritual growth, listen to me, it's not automatic. It's not. It, it is a work in progress. And you and I do have to cooperate with God. God is not going to force himself or force a relationship on anybody. James 4.8 says this. Listen to this. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Now, underline that first phrase there, that verse. Come close to God. In other words, guess what? You have a role to play. You do. You take a step close to God to get closer to Him, and guess what? God comes closer to you. And so what, what I think James is saying is, listen, you do have to put yourself in a position you do have to put yourself in a place where you're going to connect with God, where you're going to grow in your relationship with Him. So let me ask, where are you right now in your own spiritual health? Are you growing in your faith? Are you becoming more and more every day just a little bit more like Jesus? Are you developing some godly habits in your life? Are you experiencing God's peace in your heart? Or would you say that recently you've drifted? You know, your spiritual life has grown stale. And you feel kind of stuck. Psalm 26.2 says this, Put me on trial, Lord, and cross-examine me. Test my motives and my heart. In fact, that's what I want us to do right now. I want us all to kind of take a, a, a moment and just kind of examine where we are in our relationship with God. I want you to examine, assess your spiritual health. Now, look on your outline for me. The next little kind of little portion there of your outline. Now, I know it looks a little bit like an exam, okay? And I know school starts tomorrow, but don't freak out. This is not a test, okay? It's not. Um, but it is kind of an assessment. 
you know, it's, it's really kind of an opportunity for you to kind of see, hey, where am I spiritually right now? To see if you've drifted a little bit. Okay, let me explain it. So the Gallup organization actually studied tens of thousands of people who claimed to be followers of Jesus. Okay? And they determined that those people who saw themselves as spiritually healthy had these ten uh, traits in, uh, in common in, in their life. Okay, so... As we go through these statements, here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask yourself, is this true about me? And then, I want you to simply evaluate yourself. On a scale, for each one of these, on a scale from zero to ten. Okay, now zero. Zero is, I really stink at this. I am nowhere close this is, not in my, this is not evident in my life whatsoever, okay? Now, 10 is, I am perfect at this. There's no room for improvement. This is absolutely true in my life. Now, I doubt anybody's going to score a 10. I know some of you self-righteous Pharisees might. Anyway, but, no. So let's go through this, though, but here's kind of the key. Don't overthink this, okay? Just kind of write down your general first impression, zero to ten. Now, be honest. Again, you're not going to turn this in, you know, uh, um, no one's going to see them but you, but this is kind of a, a quick time of evaluation for your spiritual health. So here's the first one. My faith is involved in every aspect of my life. Zero to ten. My faith is involved in every aspect of my life. So, real, you know, again, is this true about you? In other words, do, does what we do on Sunday morning, what we talk about on Sunday morning, does that have a great significance on your everyday life during the week where you live, work, and play? Or maybe on the other extreme, is God just a segment of your life? You know, and you, you separate things. And you've got, well, i got my social life, and i got my career, i got my finances, but all, the, all that's separate. That your faith is not, you know, integrated to every area of your life. So grade yourself on that one, zero to ten. First impression. Here's the second one. Because of my faith, I have meaning and purpose in my life. Do you feel like your faith gives you, your, your life, purpose and meaning? More than just, you know, your job or other relationships bringing you purpose, but your faith does. Zero to ten. Number three, my faith gives me inner peace. Zero to ten. My faith gives me inner peace. Now, Think about that for a second. What's the opposite of inner peace? You know, instead of living a life, you know, that God intended, I would say that you might be in a, in a constant state of worry, hurry, and fear. So what about it? Does your faith give you peace, inner peace, when maybe everything around you is in turmoil? Zero to ten. Here's the fourth one. I am a person who is spiritually committed I'm a person who's spiritually committed. Now, hey, guess what? Good news is you all get some points today because you made it here to church on the first Sunday of the new year. But when people look at you, when they look at your life, do they say, man, that person is spiritually committed? You're committed to God. You're committed to the church, to fellowship, to spending time with God. Are you spiritually committed? Zero to ten. Number five, I spend time in worship every day. I spend time in worship every day. Now, let me explain this because, again, what they're talking about here is obviously worship is far more than just music. Okay, it's expressing your love to God every day. It's praying. It's reading your Bible. It's having that ongoing open conversation with God throughout your day. So rate yourself, zero to ten. 
Here's the next one. Because of my faith, I forgive people who have hurt me deeply. And again, these were common traits of people who consider themselves to be spiritually healthy. Zero to ten. This is a difficult one. Because we all have people in our lives who've hurt us. Have you forgiven them? Do you hold grudges? Zero to ten. Here's the next one. My faith has called me to develop my given gifts and talents. Are you using your gifts and talents, the things that God has entrusted you with, to honor God? You know, ask yourself, have you found a place of service and ministry in the church using your gifts and talents? Zero to ten. Number eight, I take unpopular stands to defend my faith. I take unpopular stands to defend my faith. In other words, are you willing to do what's right where you live, work, and play when no one else is doing what's right? Do you stand up for your faith? Do you stand up for Christ? Here's the last two. Number nine, I speak words of kindness to those in need of encouragement. I speak words of kindness. Are your words encouraging at work, at home? Are you using your words as tools to build people up instead of weapons to tear people down? Zero to ten. Here's the final one. I talk about my faith with those who are not yet Christians. Zero to ten. I talk about my faith with those who are not yet Christians. Do you pray for the people in your life who are not yet believers? Your family, your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends? Do you have friends in your life who aren't believers? And are you, you know, living your, your life of faith in front of them? Um, do you invite people to come to church with you? Do you talk about your faith, zero to ten? Now, really quickly, take a moment and add up your score. Uh, there's a little blank there at the bottom that says my total spiritual health score. So add it up. Now, your score, because there were ten of these, should be somewhere between zero and what? A hundred. If your score is not zero to a hundred, you've got some problems I cannot help you with. Okay? Um, so look at your score. Now again, I promise, this is not to beat you up in, in any way, shape, or form. It's just really to take a moment and kind of evaluate your spiritual health. And, and more specifically, maybe to identify some areas that you know what? I, I ought to work on that this year. But, but here's the point. You see, this is what I'm saying. You, you have got to take responsibility for your own spiritual life. You've got to become a self-feeder. You know, I, I hear people say all the time, Pastor Chris, you know, I'm just not growing in my spiritual life. You know, it's my work. It's my work schedule. It's, it's my parents. I blame them. I wasn't breastfed properly. You know, I... Uh, <laughs> You know, it's, it's church, you know, it's you, it's the boring messages, you know. I'm just not growing. And there are people who blame anyone or anything else, but they refuse to look in the mirror and take responsibility. Listen to me. I want 2020 to be different for you. I want you to take responsibility. I want you to own your faith. You know, look at your score and you say, you know what, you know, honestly, sure, I'm at a 55 right now, but you know what, I'm not going to stay there. You know, by the end of the year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to move that forward to like 85 or so. God, I want to be the person 
that you intended me to be. But you play a role in that. You've got to take responsibility for it. So that's the first step in experiencing the new you spiritually. Uh, Here's the second step. Number two, I must confess my sins to God. I must confess my sins to God. This might be one you might not have thought about. But don't miss this. A big barrier that's going to keep you from becoming the new you, that's going to keep you from living the life that God intended, is unconfessed sin. Now, sin is something we all deal with, right? Because none of us are perfect. Sin is anything that's present in your life that is less than what God intended for you. It's when you decide that you're not going to listen to God, that you're going to go your way. You're going to rebel against him. Now, I want you to understand, therefore, that sin is a dangerous, dangerous thing. Because unconfessed, when we sin, it, it creates a chasm, a rift in our relationship with God. And, and, and unconfessed sin will grind your spiritual growth to a standstill. You know, it's as though you're kind of, you know, you're headed into 2020. And this new year, new decade, new life, all this. And you know God wants to bless your life and you want to live for him and you want the new you walking into 2020. But all the while, you are dragging this big, heavy bag of stuff in your life, of sin, of unconfessed sin, sin that you haven't dealt with. And and basically, it is the old you. And that old you, that old life, those old decisions, they are what? They are dragging you down. And they are causing you to drift. Now, maybe it is an ongoing sin. It is something in your life that you have not turned over to God. It's something that you should have have turned away from. Or maybe, maybe what's inside that bag, the weight that you're dragging into this new year, it's a one-time mistake. It's a regret. But you haven't been able to forgive yourself. Now here's the good news. God promises that if you've given your life to Christ, if you've confessed any sin, any mistake to Him, He will forgive you immediately and completely. And He will give you the power to break free from its grip. Now, confessing your sin to God means that you humbly admit to God that you have blown it, that you have messed up, and you're specific about it, and you're heartfelt sorry for it. You know, and you make a commitment to move in His direction and you ask Him for forgiveness. That's confession. Look at 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is what? He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Circle the words there, will and all. He will forgive you. He will forgive you of all unrighteousness. The problem for so many of us is that we need to learn to forgive ourselves. And stop dragging around this weight of sin and regret that you don't have to. He will forgive you immediately of all unrighteousness. 
If you're a follower of Jesus and you have sincerely confessed your sin to God and you have asked for forgiveness, as a believer, God has already forgiven you. You need to move forward to the new you. Now, while those first two steps are foundational and are important, experiencing the new you spiritually isn't something that you were ever meant to do all by yourself. Step number three, I will fully engage with my church family. I will fully engage with my church family. You see, God created us to need one another. You know, there's no way for you and I to become the person God intended all by yourself, apart from other believers. You need a church family. You know, the way the Bible describes this is that all of the people of the church, all these people who have become brand new, and we've all gathered together, they're, they're kind of like different parts of the human body. In fact, in 1 Corinthians uh, verse, uh, chapter 12, beginning in verse 18, look what it says. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put, put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And then, all of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. Basically, the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, think about it for a minute. How crazy would it be for, you know, one, one of your body parts to say, you know, to the rest of the body, you know what, I I'm the hand, um, I'm going to kind of go live by myself. You know, I, I don't need to be a part of the body. I can do it by myself. It, it wouldn't work. A hand that's cut off from the rest of the body, it can't function by itself. It is going to wither and die. And he is saying, listen, that it's the exact same way for us as, as Christians. You and I are members of the body of Christ. You are a part of the church. And if you want to become the new you, the person that God intended for you to be, you've got to be a part of a church family. You've got to be connected with other believers. That's what the Word says. If not, he says, you'll wither in your faith. You'll drift away. You'll fall further away from the person that God intended you to be. So, as we begin 2020, and as you decide to you know, get spiritually healthy this year, here's the challenge I want to make to you. Make the commitment to connect and to fully engage with God's family. Let, let me give you a couple of ways to do that here at Coastal. One is to officially join the church. Just finally make the commitment and say, you know what? I'm no longer going to say their church or his church or her church, but this is my church. I make the commitment. On the back of your Connect card, so i got a Connect card up here somewhere, it says... Uh, RSVP for the next membership class, my next step today, February 8th, 9 a.m. to noon. Make that commitment. Here's another way to fully connect and engage. Join a life group and join a life team. Join a life group and join a life team. Our life groups, were, uh, by the end of this month, you'll get a catalog. In a couple of weeks, you'll actually get a catalog with the upcoming semester of groups. Join a group. Join a ministry team. You know, it, it is so, so easy to come on Sunday periodically, you know, to a service and kind of slip in and slip out and never, 
Never fully engage, never connect with anyone here, never to get to know anybody. But let me tell you something. When you're in a life group during the week and you're serving on a, on a ministry team on Sunday morning, you are surrounding yourself with people who care about you, who will help you grow in your faith. Make that commitment that you're going to go into 2020 fully engaged and committed to the local church. Number four, I will set goals for my spiritual life. I will set goals for my spiritual life. You know, we're, we're a goal-setting society, right? I mean, we set goals for our health. We set goals for our finances, our careers, for almost anything. But so often we don't set goals for our spiritual lives. In fact, let me ask you, when's the last time you, you really sat down and laid out some, some goals and next steps for your spiritual life? I honestly think this is kind of what the Apostle Paul is getting at in Philippians chapter 3 where he says this, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. And I like that. I think everybody here can relate to that, right? Because none of us are where we should be. None of us are, are who we should be yet. So the Apostle Paul kind of admits that. But then look what he says. But I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past, we kind of already talked about that, and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Listen, if you want to experience the new you spiritually, I think it's important that you set some spiritual goals for your life as well. Now, I'm not talking about resolutions. I think goals are good. I think goals are really just statements of faith. It's basically you just saying, you know what, God, this is what I believe that you want for me, and I'm going to go for it. I'm going to take steps in this direction. You know, think about it like this. What, what are like three things that you, could, you know, that you could do consistently this year that would make a big difference in your personal relationship with God? You know, if I could just do these three things, they would make a huge impact in my spiritual life. Think about that. In fact, I've, uh, I want you to write it down today. There, I've left some room there for you on your outline. Now, sometimes, you know what? I think we're afraid to write our goals down. Why? Because we're afraid of what? We're afraid of failure. We're afraid of failing. And if I write it down, somebody else might see it. Right? And I'm going to feel bad about myself when I fail. Listen, your focus is on the wrong place. Instead, what you should be focusing on are those small, consistent next steps to achieve those goals. And start thinking about, hey, who would I be? What person, what kind of person would I be if I could reach these goals and take steps in that direction? And, and look at failure differently, because every failure is just a learning experience. That's all it is. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for growth. You know, you learn what didn't work for you, and you try something different. It's the pursuit. And in pursuing these goals and the, in taking these next steps, you know, e even if you don't hit all of them, but imagine how much you're going to grow in your faith. Because listen to me, it's all about progress, not perfection. You know, it's really not even about the end result. It's about the process. That's what God wants anyway. He wants the relationship. You know, maybe for you, maybe you're a brand new believer, and, you know, an important next step for you, a spiritual goal, um, is to be baptized. We got to witness Sam Jones, you know, get baptized this morning. That was his next step. Maybe that's a great goal for you. 
You're a believer, but you've not yet done that. You've not yet gone public in your faith. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see this new year, man, each and every Sunday, people you know, professing their faith through baptism on the back of your Connect card. My decision today, I'd like to get baptized. Maybe for you, you know, what, what are some other goals for you? It could be that this new year, this next year, you start honoring God with your finances and you begin to tithe. You put God to the test and you begin to tithe. Maybe for you it's a spiritual goal related to your family. You know, you're going to be the husband, the wife, the parent that God has called you to be, and you've got some specific goals related to that. We're going to pray together. We're going to have family devotions, whatever it might be. Maybe it's repairing a broken relationship. Hey, by the way, maybe your spiritual goals this year are connected to our 100-day challenge that we're in together right now here at Coastal. Today is day five of the 100-day challenge. In fact, in your outline or in your bulletin today, um, I don't know what that was. Anyway, um, here's uh, uh, the 100-day challenge. We are reading through the four Gospels together. Uh, it started uh, this past week, uh, Wednesday, but hey, today's just day five, and today is a reading break because you've got a scripture to memorize today. And so I want to encourage you. We've got over 300 adults who've signed up for this. And you'll, you'll be a part of a little email group. We'll send you some encouragement, some reminders. Um, but maybe that's a part of your goal. Uh, maybe it's to, to memorize. You know, each, each Sunday, uh, we give you a verse to memorize. In fact, today's verse is Matthew 6.34. Anybody got it memorized already? I write mine down uh, on uh, little, um, uh, little cards, Matthew 6.34. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring enough... Uh, will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Matthew 6, 34, the words of Jesus. That's a great verse to begin 2020, right? Not worrying about tomorrow. So take a moment. What are your goals? What three spiritual goals could you write, write down and aim for in 2020? Now, think about where we've come from so far. You've evaluated where you are spiritually. You're starting to take some responsibility for your own spiritual growth. You've written down some goals. So right now, you're light years ahead of most other people in their own spiritual growth. But where do you get the power to do it? Well, you get it from this next step, this final step. And really, it could have been the first one to experiencing the new you spiritually because this is the one that really holds all of them together. Number five, I admit my complete dependence on God. I admit my complete dependence on God. Listen, maybe you've tried this before. You've tried to remake yourself. You know, you tried to get your spiritual life back on track. You've tried and tried and you failed. Listen, becoming the new you is hard takes discipline, but it's actually impossible to do if you're trying to do it in your own power, in your own power. The truth is, this is something you can't do by yourself. So here's what you do instead. You just admit it. You begin with your, your complete and utter dependence on God. You admit that you, you need him for this. James 4.10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. You see, when you bow down before the Lord and you admit your utter and complete dependence on him, when you do that, he promises he'll lift you up and he'll make you into the new you spiritually. You know, it's possible that being here today has caused you to... Um, 
to look up from where you are in life and to examine your life for the first time in a really, really long time. Just like when you were carried down the shore at the beach. And maybe today has caused you to realize, and, and, you, and you didn't realize it until right now, how far you've drifted. That you're not where you're supposed to be. You're not where you want to be. But you're not sure how you got here, and you're not sure how to get back. Let me tell you the secret. The secret is, if you will rely on God, if you'll depend on Him and His unlimited power, all of that becomes available to you. If you today will admit your dependence on God, that you need Him, He will give you His power and His strength. You know, again, really, it's all about starting with this last one. Just humbly admitting your complete dependence on God. And then just look at your outline. Just, you know, start taking responsibility for your, your spiritual health. Confess. You know, unconfessed sin to God. Fully engage with the church. And to set goals and begin to take those next steps all the while depending on God, leaning on Him. I really believe that 2020 is going to be a great year here at Coastal, and I believe in your life as well. I pray and hope that you will take these next steps with us. Listen, none of this, however, is possible. You can't get spiritually healthy until you get spiritually right. And what I'm talking about there is just right with God. Listen, God, again, I'll go right back to it again. God loved you. He loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to exchange his life for yours so that he could take care of the sin problem in our lives. And if you'll simply humbly come to him and to admit that, that you have blown it, that you have messed up, and that you need him in your life and you need forgiveness, it is there for you. And he will wipe away your sin and make you brand new, a new person. And you can walk out of here today completely and utterly brand new. Your past completely taken care of, everything you need for it day by day, and your future secure. That is the greatest gift you'll ever be given. And you can have that today if you'll come to him in faith. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today, I thank you for your word. I thank you for uh, Jesus. God, we want to be the new you. We, we don't want to be the old person. We don't want to carry the old sin and regret and the problems into 2020. So God, we know we need you. We are dependent on you. 
And we pray that you would give us the power, the wisdom, and the strength for everything we need to become the person that you intend us to be. And again, if you're here today, that first step you need to take is to get right with God, to say to Jesus, to begin a relationship with him. So just pray something like this. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. I want to follow you. I ask you to come into my life to forgive me of my sin, to let the old life pass away. I'm ready for a new life. I'm ready for a new you. Father, thank you. Thank you for fresh starts and new beginnings. And I pray that you will help each and every one of us to be the you that you created us to be. We pray all of this today in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.